This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So I want to start things out, I guess, uh, tonight with a story I mentioned of Friday. Or actually, we won't be starting with this because we're going straight to the phones. Amp line, unscreened. Who's this? This is Sean in Virginia. Sean, you're on the air. What's on your mind? I want to talk about, um, like, police checkpoints because I had an encounter yesterday at work. Uh-oh. What happened? Well, I was driving around in Falls Church after um, I dropped some groceries off, and I see these police cars stop uh, blocking one lane and just, like, um, waving cars through the other lane. And I thought, that, hey, maybe they're looking for, like, a suspect or something. But it turned out they're looking at registrations on the car because in Virginia we have the date on there. I don't know if you have them. Yeah, they like generally, t- you know, it says what month um, you're supposed to, you know, get your, you know, pay your little bribe to be able to drive on the road again. Yeah, yeah, like it's the month and the year. Yeah. And the company truck actually had an 07 on mine on the front. Because the dum dum that put the stickers on put '09 on the month part and the year part on the back. Okay. So I, actually, so I actually had to talk to the cop for a few minutes about that. So I was just wondering if anyone else has had like a registration stop, or they just hmm. stop everybody's like stop, slow down traffic and. Well, cut, like, I, that's delay. a new one for me. I've never I, heard of that before. I've noticed that the first thing that cops do is check your registration. That's the first thing they want to do. Is they. Um, they notice what color that little sticker is. So I think any time you are uh, dealing with a police officer, you're probably getting your registration checked. Um, and, you know, when any of the uh, little times that they do. Uh, yeah, but he's asking, stops. have they ever done a uh, checkpoint for registrations? When they do any checkpoints. Yeah, they were waving people through. I mean, you people, you could probably go the other way. I didn't try to go the other way because I didn't care. I mean, I was in the company shark or whatever. So I just, I, and I had to go that direction anyway, so. But I don't know if they're blocking the other end of the street, too, and just having another lane go through. I don't and know, but very strange, very unusual circumstances. Glad yeah. nothing uh, nothing worse than that occurred. It's certainly not as egregious as a checkpoint as, say, a uh, a drug checkpoint of some sort. But a, a checkpoint's yeah. still a checkpoint, and uh, people should be concerned about that going on. So I don't know. If anyone else has uh, encountered something like that, I would be curious. Sean, did you have any other thoughts? Oh, I just want to say I see a lot of still, like, Ron Paul signs all over Northern Virginia. Well, good. Like, as far as, uh, well, from what why. we determined over the weekend, he hasn't uh, pulled out of the race. So I, my sign's still up. My oh, man. he hasn't pulled out yet? That's what I'm hearing. Well, f- the last uh, week, it was, what, Thursday or Friday that he came out with that video. I, would, and, I do wish that he'd quit saying things that the media can, you know, just sound clip into, I'm quitting. Because he keeps, you know, he'll, he'll say things like, winding well, down. we're winding down the campaign, but we'll endure to the end. And what does the media do? Cuts out, we're winding down the campaign. Bam. He quits. Thanks for the call tonight, Sean. Appreciate right. it. 800-259-9231. You, as always, can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, so, if, but then we read another quote from the campaign manager or whatever from the no, it was the uh, spokesperson yeah. who says it's, it's he's going to keep in uh, as long as his uh, it, presumably as long as money keeps coming in. But then again, when I went to his website, maybe it's back up. But when I was there last, it didn't have the uh, the fundraising thing. So if he's still going to be in. And he's still accepting money from people, then why does he... Is he accepting money from people? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if you're going to stay in the campaign, why would you stop taking money? 
Yeah. It's all very confusing, and I'd like to get him on the show to talk to him about it, but you're saying, you've told me that the, the press guy for Ron Paul is just awful and doesn't return calls. Well, I'm not, yeah, you know, he's, I'm, I think he's slammed. I don't think he's awful. I think that he's got, you Slammed? Know, yeah, With what the, a bunch of interviews for Ron Paul. He so he, I mean, you know, I, you know, he's running for president. I guess he's busy. I understand that Ron Paul is busy, but you're saying the press guy can't even return a phone call? I don't know. It's not there. He I'm has right he now. has returned phone calls to me before. He just right. doesn't return every phone call, and you know, sometimes it goes weeks and um, t- till I can get a call back. Yeah, I'm looking on his website right now. I don't see anything about contributing. So I get the impression he's not running with the same gusto that he was previously. You know, very strange. Uh, there, there's there's certainly people out there that <laughs> seem to be uh, supporting with the same gusto that they always have been. I I'm still on the Ron Paul forums and right. people out there that are supporting more than ever. But I get the feeling that it's like you know, given uh, you know, rousing campaign speeches on the the deck of the Titanic. I just don't think that. Hmm. You know, there's much happening. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, let you know if anything changes. In the meantime, let's talk about China. I mentioned this on Friday night, and it is a long article, which I've, like, slashed 40% out of. Um, But I wanted to share it because it really is that interesting uh, to look into the world of knockoffs. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Something we really don't know too much about because, well, we don't have a lot of that here in uh, here in America, they sell the Chinese knockoffs, but they're not actually really manufactured here. So let's uh, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, the story here, and I'll pull up the source here in a moment. But the story starts in that, and and by the way, I've I've like lobbed off the entire first page just because it wasn't that relevant. Nearly every type of product can be and is cloned in China, sometimes so well that the ripped-off manufacturers inadvertently service the fakes when the warranty claims come in. Cloners make air conditioners with the LG wow. brand name in the country's remote west along what was once the old Silk Road trading route. But cloners don't have to sell their wares under the same brand name. In the Anhui province near the Yangtze River, one of, the China, one of China's biggest auto manufacturers builds a part-for-part replica of a top-selling Chevrolet model, then slaps a new badge on the car. <laughs> in the south, one cloning operation didn't just copy a technology company's product line. It duplicated the entire company, creating a shadow enterprise with corporate headquarters, <laughs> factories, and sales and support staff. Amazing. This, this is an amazing story. Sitting in a ground-to-a-halt taxi during rush hour along Beijing's Third Ring Highway gives plenty of, uh, visitor plenty of time to rubberneck. The cars are familiar. Volkswagen, Honda, and Toyota all have a presence here. But even vehicles with unfamiliar names cut a regni- uh, recognizable silhouette. There's a small SUV emblazoned with the Laibao brand name that looks a lot like a twin sister to Honda's CRV. Although the Geely Marie is copied from a Mercedes C-Class, it only costs 120,000 yuan. Yuan? Y-U-A-N? Yuan. It's yuan. Right? I don't know. Okay. Or about $15,000 U.S. But at the sweet spot of the Chinese car market are vehicles that sell for around $5,000 U.S., just just shy of the average middle-class Chinese family's annual income. When you're stuck in traffic, you're surrounded mostly by the ruler in that category, the Cherry QQ. The QQ is a part-for-part reproduction of a car known, depending on where it is sold, as the Chevy Spark or the Daiwoo Matiz. The genuine vehicle is built as part of a joint venture between General Motors and the Korean company. Now, the Chevy Spark are sold all over the world. In the U.S., an upgraded $10,500 variant called the Avio is cheaper than any other car you can buy. 
But when the $5,000 QQ first appeared in 2003, GM and American officials were astonished. If you didn't have name tags on the cars, you couldn't tell them apart, said uh, some, one of the congressmen from uh, Wisconsin after a 2004 trip to China. It's such a good knockoff, you can pull the door off of the spark and it fits on the QQ. Hmm. So close that the seals on the doors match right up. The ability to clone such technologically sophisticated products is a recent development in China. A report issued by the consulting firm A.T. Kearney breaks the growth of China's cloners into five distinct periods. The first, in the 1980s, was very primitive, consisting mostly of cheap textile knock- uh, knockoffs like Mickey Mouse t-shirts. The second, starting around 1990, still involved clothing and accessories, but with enough authenticity, high-quality Nike and Reebok fakes led the way to be accepted as handy substitutes by thrift-conscious Westerners. By the middle of the 1990s, Chinese copiers had moved from basic trademark infringement into low-end technology products, Duracell batteries and DVDs. From there, the study says an era of advanced technology piracy began. Yeah. Functionally close to the mark products like Callaway golf clubs and counterfeit automotive safety glasses, or glass rather, appeared in 1998. By the millennium, piracy had reached levels of refinement that saw China offering functional duplicates of Intel processors, Viagra tablets, and Bosch power tools. So in a period of less than 30 years... They've had a tremendous increase in the quality and reliability level of uh, the products they're making. Now, that, that doesn't mean they still aren't, they're not tur- turning out some crap. They certainly are. More on the way, though, about uh, Chinese ripoffs. More than you ever wanted to know. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Those features, by the way, include the bulletin board system. Got over 300,000, actually over 340,000 posts, I think, now. Free to surf around through. Lots of stuff to talk about. Serious issues and fun stuff. It's all being discussed for free. At bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Can we announce what's going to happen on Thursday and Friday and Saturday night, Mark, or is that hush-hush? Something very special is going to happen (laughs) on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday while Ian's away. So that's all I can say, huh? That's it for now. All right, all right, fine. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We are talking about Chinese ripoffs. They call it piracy in this article, but... I don't know. That presumes that intellectual property is valid, and that's not the conversation I want to get into. I just want to explore the fascinating world of Chinese um, Chinese ripoff products. It's absolutely interesting. I mean, we're talking about a world where they literally take an, an existing product and reverse engineer it and can create the almost and just an almost exact replica of it. And they do it all over the place. It's not just clothes anymore. Now it's high-end electronics. It's cars. Well, with clothes, it's legal. That's true. 
when it comes to uh, things. But not like, with like a not with logos. Not if you make no. a piece of clothing with a logo on it. No. Um. If you do, you can you can make the jokelies. You just can't put the O on the side. Yeah. So let's continue the story here. Earlier, it tells us that there was five distinct phases that the China uh, the China's clone industry went through. Uh, starting in the 1980s, very primitive, just kind of basic clothing stuff, all the way up through now where literally they cloned the iPhone. They cloned the iPhone, and that was what the entire first page was about, and I skipped that part. But it was amazing because it was talking about how China, this China clone product came out, the iClone as it was called, I think, Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it works on all of the cell phone systems, whereas uh, Apple's iPhone only works with AT&T. Where do I get one? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you can, if you look close enough, Mark, you can probably find one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and it was available worldwide, whereas the iPhone was only available in the United States. So they, they effectively one-upped Apple, uh, basically. Anyway, let's continue. In many ways, this is similar to the path industrial powerhouses like Japan and South Korea have taken. China's gone from making only cheap, toss-away goods like budget toys and portable CD players to creating alternatives to nearly every one of the West's most admired brands. But China's unique in that, as with its modernization in general, it's doing so at an accelerated pace, going from shoddy to quality in little more than a decade. The easiest way to clone a product is to use a ghost shift. A factory contracted to make legitimate moves or legitimate goods moves to 24-hour operation, churning out copies, some made with inferior materials and others exactly the same, designed to be sold on the black market from midnight to morning. So do you get that, Mark, where the factories normally open, you know, 8 to 5 or whatever? Yeah. Then they open up a ghost shift at during the overnight in the exact same factory and run through their their clone products. Well, so they uh, the company contracts them to do the job during the day and then they sort of cheat by being right. open at night. Yes. That's not of course the only the way they do it. The the problem well, if, if the company really wanted to protect their brand so badly, they could have their own factory, right? I mean, that's the impression you get. The impression you get when you're buying a I, I don't know, you 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 pick the product, an iPhone, is that somebody in an Apple uh, warehouse, warehouse yeah. you know, you know factory plant. some way, somewhere, and, and you you got to think that they got a pretty cool haircut and uh, a lab coat, too, right? Because it's <laughs> Apple. You know, they, they probably drove a Volkswagen Beetle to work, and mm-hmm. uh, we're listening to techno music. Like, that guy is in there with his uh, his big raver glasses. He's working on making iPhones. But not no, so much. Not so much. In fact, uh, one of the uh, the companies that's most notorious for never actually manufacturing anything is Radio Shack. That's, their products are always made by some other company like Uniden or Sony or something like that, and and it just gets relabeled. In fact, many of the big the big labels that you know and love are actually manufactured by, in in many cases, what you think are their competitors. Very hmm. interesting what goes on behind the scenes. But let's continue. Now, the only problem with ghost shifts is they can't run full-time. In the mid-1990s, developers began to build shadow factories, identical plants, often constructed from the same blueprints that legitimate manufacturers use to launch their ventures. Sometimes the plans were sold by managers at the genuine facilities. Make a little bit of extra money, right? Yeah, sure. Other times, local officials and organized crime... What's the difference? Uh, conspired, to cre- <laughs> conspired to create a set of second set of blueprints. As technology companies became aware of the extent of the cloning problem, many began to use selective outsourcing. Less secret components would be built in China, while more proprietary items like circuit boards might be manufactured domestically. Even so, sometimes a company's products are cloned even if it has no working relationship with China at all. The Thomas Feria Corporation, an American company that builds dashboard gauges for boats and military Humvees, 
Chinese, discovered an entire plant in China dedicated to cloning its product. Wow. Even though it had never done any manufacturing overseas or even outside of Connecticut where it's based. Amazing. Yeah. The clones were found all over the world. Although they worked poorly, they looked the part. The CEO told the uh, U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission that these clones bear our name and address. The uh, the label contains our catalog... The clones bear the name and address. Of the legit company, Oh, yeah. my God. Contains our uh, catalog part number and the initials of a calibrator, as well as a final, uh, final tester. Cloners look for opportunity first, and manufacturers often give it to them, often in the form of a hot product that's released in a limited number of markets. Desire spreads worldwide, and the cloners are ready to fill any gaps that emerge in supply or distribution. Mm. In November of 2005, LG Electronics, a Korean company that is the world's third largest mobile phone maker, released a device that in many parts of the world was anticipated as the iPhone was here. The chocolate features a slide-out keypad, large color screen, and a very Apple-like navigation wheel. It plays music as readily as it makes phone calls and sends text messages. LG has sold 10 million of them worldwide, the same quantity that Steve, uh, Steve Jobs has set as the initial iPhone goal. You know, I, could, I, I looked at that chocolate thing. I just couldn't understand why anybody would want to buy one. I, Somebody I did. I just didn't see the purpose. Yeah, LG, 10 million of them did. LG's phone began to sell out as soon as it was released, but it took four months for the Korean electronics giant to release a version for China. By then, it was too late. A doppelganger chocolate had hit the market first and had become the preferred choice for Chinese shoppers. Hmm. Quality wasn't an issue. The fake phone was exactly like the real one in design. Wow. A company spokesperson told Korea's daily newspaper... China people, Chinese people, think it's LG Electronics that manufactures the fakes. God. The ripoff company beat LG to, to the market, and they cleaned up. Last year, fed up with a torrent of bootleg cell phones that was costing the company a billion dollars a year, Samsung hired investigators to trace the phones back through multiple supply channels to their manufacturers. The results of that investigation, along with an analysis done by independent researchers, uncovered some of the technical strategies undertaken by reverse engineering operations. We continue to dissect the world of China clones. And we'll take your calls as well. 800-259-9231. How does it work? And what was the story where they found the shadow company? What's that all about? Shadow companies. Kind of sounds scary. In a it way. does. More on the way. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time, with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. The newest would be Christy. You can see her if you go to freetalklive.com. Actually, you can go uh, straight to the Shrine by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. And, uh, yeah, I think... I think a lot of our listeners will enjoy Christy's picture. Have you seen it yet, Mark? Yeah, she's wearing nothing but a belt. A belt. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a belt on. And uh, she's apparently running for office or something and wants votes? Uh, <laughs> no, she's... She wants I to guess, be the mayor? She's in a Girl of the Day contest on a on a website uh-huh. called break.com, and, and there's a link on her shrine picks. You can help her out, mm-hmm. uh, but she's looking for people to vote for her 
in that little contest, which I guess you could win some money at. So, hey, cool. There you go. Uh, so, Shrine of Female Listeners, the ladies that listen, see them at Shrine.FreeTalkLive. And she's a free stater, right? She is. Okay. All right. So, we continue the story about China clones, the fascinating look inside the world of the cloners. They started back in the 1980s, uh, churning out just cheap clothing. Now they're doing iPhone ripoffs. Now they're doing cars. Now we're not talking about this from a uh, you know this is good or this is bad um, standpoint. We're talking about I this think from it's good. You think it's good? <laughs> I don't think it's fair, right, or just that uh, a company puts out uh, a product and then another company walks in and r- reverse engineers the product and then sells it and, and makes the money for it. Yeah, well, tough. Competition's a bitch. That's not competition, Ian. That's cheating. No, no. It's not cheating. I, th- then why can't you walk into their factory and shoot them all up? Shoot them up? Yeah. Well, that's violent. Why would you do something like that? Well, the one's stealing, the other's violent. There's no stealing going on. You can't steal ideas, silly. All right, let's continue the story, though. Look in, uh, to the rest of this world. Last yeah, year... I say it's wrong. Samsung hired investigators to trace the phones back that uh, that had been ripped off through multiple supply channels to their manufacturers. The results uncovered some of the technical strategies undertaken by the reverse engineering operations. Now, the cloners start by deciding what phones would be most profitable to clone. They then learn everything they can about the device. They attend trade shows, furiously snapping photos of not-yet-released products until someone notices and shoes them away. They'll be first in line to buy the new product whenever it hits stores. And they will look for shortcuts, such as a patent filed in China that can act as the beginning of an actual production guide. The cloners hire a team of between 20 and 40 engineers to begin decoding the circuit boards. At the same time, coders start to develop an operating system for the phone with a similar feature set. The typical cloner either uses an off-the-shelf code, writes something entirely new, or modifies a publicly available Linux-based system. Both processes take about a month. By then, ancillary items, plastic casings, accessories, manuals, and packages are ready as well. Full production begins at another factory, one that's already building phones, within about eight weeks from the time the engineers are hired. After a run of about 30,000 units, the cloners move the operation to a new facility in order to avoid detection. Samsung was impressed by the efficiency of the cloners, so much so that the company offered them jobs. The cloners said no. Earning about a buck twenty-five per phone, the cloner said, they found it easier and more profitable to make the fakes. The only known result of the investigation? Samsung now takes care to release products in China shortly after they come out in Korea. Its only defense is to give cloners a smaller window of opportunity. Makes sense. In 2006... And it's, it's, it's proof that, uh, you know, it's showing that manufacturers can, once they see what's being done, they can manage to uh, figure these things out without using intellectual property laws. Well, and they're still making money despite all the cloning that's, well, that's going on. Right. They're making money... In other countries, so they can afford to subsidize their Chinese operations. If the Chinese operations were how things were done, I would be very interested in seeing what the financial models of these large companies are. Things would change, that's for sure. In 2006, NEC, one of the... Uh, There also wouldn't be a government to prevent you from walking into the factory with with, uh, ten armed thugs and mowing down all the the counterfeiters, The government doesn't prevent that right now. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt. In 2006, NEC, one of the 25... Remember, the government, in, in some cases, are either looking the other way 
in these instances, as they'll mention, I think, a little bit later, or they're actually working in tandem with uh, the, the gangsters that are running the cloning facility. I understand that that's so in China. Yeah. I get that. But that's, they're working that's the way government tandem. works. They're protecting the counterfeiters Just in like China. government protects the established industries here. The manufacturers, the people who did the, the R&D no, 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 no. work. The government protects established industries here just in general. So it's always, government always works with the people that are, uh, that are influential and powerful. So government's just doing what government does. In 2006, NEC, one of the 25 biggest consumer electronics firms in the world, went public with the results of a two-year investigation of the cloners. The company had been receiving complaints about products it didn't even make. DVD players, cell phones, MP3 players. <laughs> Investigators from International Risk, a private security firm employed by NEC, note they don't hire the government to do their investigations for them, un- uh, ultimately uncovered a shadow version of the company, operating out of corporate offices in China with ties to more than 50 manufacturing facilities. On the surface, it looked like a series of intellectual property infringements, but in reality, a highly organized group has attempted to hijack the entire brand, said Steve Vickers, the former Hong Kong police inspector who was in charge of the investigation for the uh, for the internal risk company. Now what what was the what was the name of the what was the company that they're hijacking here? Sorry. NEC. NEC, okay. Executives had their own NEC business cards and email addresses. Wow. They had marketing plans and distribution networks in place. Some company facilities even had electronic signs bearing huge lighted NEC logos. Most bold of all, the bogus NEC actually charged the manufacturers it worked with royalties on its designs. The investigation led to raids last year on 18 of the manufacturing sites and the seizure of nearly 50,000 fake products. Yet the factories themselves are still operating, just not using the NEC name. The ringleaders of the scam have yet to be caught. Like the Samsung copiers, they're thought to still be making fakes. The Cherry QQ, back to the car, this yeah. is the rip-off car of a Chevy, Cherry Chevy, C-H-E-R-Y, C-H-E-V-Y, anyway, demonstrates more than just the skill of modern cloning. It also illustrates the danger. Easy-fit doors and rearview mirrors aside, there are differences, scary differences between the Spark and the QQ. As the news of the copycat car spread last year, a German automotive club conducted a videotaped comparative crash test between the two vehicles. When the Matisse hits the barrier, the front end crumples. The rear of the car bucks upward and then thuds back to the ground. An impact chart shows serious yet non-fatal injuries to both the driver's and passenger's head and legs. The Cherry, on the other hand, hits the obstacle at the same speed, and the rear end of the car lifts higher than the Matisse and begins to rotate. The driver's side door pops open, hood, engine, and roof crumple into the passenger compartment. The frame buckles, bringing the vehicle flat to the ground. On the impact chart, the driver's head, neck, and chest are brown and red. Not survivable. Over the past few months, concern over the safety of Chinese copies as well as legitimate products with Chinese ingredients or brand names has become more real to the consumers in the U.S. Yeah. In June, the FDA warned consumers about Chinese-made toothpaste. Millions of tubes which were on sale in the U.S. The substance in the toothpaste, diethyl- di- diethylene glycol, a toxic component of antifreeze, had been used <laughs> as a substitute for glycerin, a common sweetener. Ah. A similar, su- <laughs> a similar substitution killed about 100 people in Panama last year. Ironically, well-publicized, embarrassing cases like this could actually provide some of the impetus necessary to vault China into the sixth stage of cloning, making better than real products. If Western-style controls are put in place, that's just another way the infringers will learn how to do a better job of what they do, said a Dutch intellectual property expert who runs a blog called IP Dragon. 
Although there have been legal victories against the cloners, most of the time they've been minor and fleeting. Last year, Sony won a lawsuit against a Guangzhou company that was copying the company's camcorder batteries. In another of the most watched cases, Prada, Chanel, Gucci, Burberry, and Louis Louis Vuitton sued Beijing's organized silk market, one of the city's most well-visited locales for fake goods, and shut it down. Despite the low monetary damages... Sony only took in seventy-five grand, twelve thousand five hundred uh, in the silk market affair. The victories were hailed by some as part of a growing recognition in China that counterfeiting needs to be halted. The cases demonstrated the strong resolve of the Chinese authorities, said the head of the intellectual property practice. <laughs> the strong in Hong resolve Kong. of the Chinese authorities to get paid off at every turn. But <laughs> on my visit to Beijing, the silk market hadn't just reopened. It had expanded, turning, its, <laughs> turning itself from a seedy array of tiny stalls into a full-fledged modern shopping mall, a forbidden city of fakes. That's part of the dilemma in fixing the counterfeit problem, says one of the experts. There's an impression that China is strongly controlled by the central government. In truth, there's power everywhere. China's filled with little emperors who can do whatever they want. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, those features include a variety of different things from the bulletin board system to the updates. Unlike those other talk show hosts, ours is free. Our website, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, then buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com and load up your shopping cart with all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise, store.freetalklive.com. But if you want to manufacture your own Free Talk Live merchandise, we won't get upset. By all means, have at it. Uh, Let's go to, you want to keep talking about fakes here in a moment, but let's go to your phone calls. Dave in Ohio is on the line, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hey guys, I like to see Ron Paul run as an independent if he doesn't get the Republican nomination. I think odds are good he's probably not going to get the Republican nom- nomination, but if you believe what he says, uh, he's pretty much ruled that out. I mean, he, he's he was at like 99%, and I think, I think he made it c- confirmed recently that he's not going to run as an independent. So yeah, they, I would vote. I would vote for him if he ran as an independent. I think a lot of people would, and I, I think it's unfortunate that he is not going to choose that. Though, you know, he could certainly change his mind. Yeah, uh, politicians have been known to do that. Yeah, okay, I'll give you a call next week. Well, thanks, mm-hmm. Dave. Have a All nice right. night. 800-259-9231. Just Let's check it in. Talk to Mac in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hello, Mac. How's it going, guys? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Um, you know, I listen to the podcast, and I was listening to the one from Saturday this morning. Mm-hmm. Not Saturday, me on Friday. Talking about his free talk live, uh, positive and negative. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Child working for the government. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That's a child working for the government. Oh, I see. And then asking that question. <laughs> well, so it's it's positive compared to working for the government, huh? Yeah. There I you mean, go. you know, I work I work with the state guards, and there have been instances, you know, made me question, you know, my career choice. As well as that, you know, I, my job in state guard is our emergency response as an MP. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in, you know, like mine, go in and do everything from help distribute police supplies to help the law enforcement, the civilian law enforcement, 
and or maintain law and order during emergencies. And there's been situations where we don't, we're not, we're not activated because the bureaucrats up in Columbia realize that, you know, we might, they've got to pay their insurance. Hmm. As in the case of um, Hurricane Floyd, there was a there was an incident during that evacuation where we was um placed on standby, where we were never um called up because of the fact that a lot of insurance wasn't paid. <laughs> I didn't know that the government had to pay insurance. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and they needed the very cross set up these uh relief points. Up in a little town called Harryville, South Carolina. I used to be a I used to be a police officer there a couple of, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and this is one of the little towns in Blake Long to pass through the town. <laughs> yeah, and but they had to have a co- but they had to have a cop there so that they could uh, you know raise revenue through speeding tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, the police was overwhelmed. They had, I mean, they was really outnumbered by all these people. Who uh, you know broke it down on the side of the road? They ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. He was fighting out in the area and everything. Right. And they, they the Harvard police had uh, um, a document called a memorandum of understanding, M O U. And they called. They tried to call us up based on that on that piece of paper, and the state said no. <laughs> and was it was, came up later that the, um, somehow our liability insurance wasn't paid. So. So they, that's why. So it was paper. So basically, it was paperwork. This little town needed the help of the, the the state guard, and as a result of the fact that the paperwork hadn't been filled out, the insurance hadn't been uh, upgraded. What uh, I guess renewed, then you weren't able, you weren't able to go in and help these people out. Right. Hmm. Amazing. Do, you, right, think, do you think that a private organization would have their ducks in a row, Mark? Do you think they would? Uh, I don't think they straight. Yeah, I don't think. I they mean, would. The, the thing about it is that. The very cross-appeals was too for communication and security. So, because of the because of the insurance um, incident, you know, it it messed up a lot. It messed up a lot wow. of um, organizations where organizations and communities that that had depend right. on us in emergencies. And you know, it's a it's, this was in 2004 when Floyd came through. I don't remember, but either way, it doesn't really matter. The story is very interesting either way because it really just goes to show that you know people believe that government's going to be there for them when they need to be taken care of or they need some sort of emergency service, and it turns out that uh, you can't get the service you're looking for because the bureaucracy didn't check the you know cross the right T's and dot the right I's, and they didn't renew their insurance. So now you just have to sit there and watch as people suffer. How awful is that? Mac, thanks yeah. for the call as always, well, one dude. Thing, one more yes, thing, yes, you're here. Oh, one more thing. Um, the lady was calling, saying she was an Avon um distributor. Yeah. And he didn't like the customer service because it was um outsourced to yeah. India. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, my Yahoo um Yahoo um Messenger screen name is Will USMC or Jasper underscore CO underscore cop. Nobody's going to get that, man, but go send ahead. Send me a message. Oh, you can give me on the BBS as um, MilCop2008. What is it? Send me Mil-Cop. a message and, um, MilCop. Huh? MilCop, M-I-L-C-O-P? Yeah, 2008. MilCop2008 on the BBS. And um, I got something that you might like. What well, What is that? Um, man, I think I'm pressing to it now. I'm part of an internet company called uh, Quickstar.com. Oh, I, wait, you're joining Quickstar? I already joined. I'm in oh, the man. That's the Amway of the nah. internet, man. It is Amway. It is Amway. I know. It is Amway. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, they, um, 
Yeah, it is. It's owned by the you same know, company. Amway provides a great service, uh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. You know, they, they've they're a legitimate business out there. Just be careful you don't you know alienate all your family members, man. Sure, you, 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 you don't push too oh. hard, but you know, if people want to help, yeah. they, you know, want to buy I mean, stuff from you, that's good. I've got I've got some experience I mean, in yeah. network marketing, and you got to be really careful with that. And yeah. you've got to be very. I, I would just uh, the problem with network marketing is they encourage you to. Uh, to exhaust all of your connections, all of your family and your friends, and they, you know, they they encourage you to go and recruit them all into the the organization. And and I've seen so many people just lose their friendships as a result of being involved in uh, in network marketing. Not the tightest so. of friendships. What they do, what right. they do is that you don't you don't act like you're trying to push it on them. You know, you ask them, you ask them what, and if they say no, fine. You know, move yep. on. You don't you don't try to dwell on it and try to. Well, if you don't, if you don't get into, it, I'm gonna make no money. Da 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 da. You know? Yeah, maybe maybe you'll have some success with that attitude, man. It's a tough business, but at the very least, you'll certainly learn about sales. Is this the first time you've done network marketing? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Good luck, my friend. It's uh, it's a lot of work, but you will learn a thing or two. Thank you for the call today. Oh yes, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I spent a lot of money and uh, didn't make a dime. Yeah, um, one of the tricks to uh, network marketing is try, you know, avoid spending uh, money on the products yourself. Unless... But you have to be a product of the product, Mark. Yeah, I hear that crap. But you yeah, know, that's what they tell you. And, and you know, some of them require you to buy buy the stuff, and most of them do. Most of them require that you get into uh, like a monthly auto ship, mm-hmm. where in order to qualify to get a paycheck. You have to at least be buying a hundred dollars a month worth of product from mm-hmm. the company, and so the most powerful thing is to bring new people into the organization to get them on that auto ship to buy the, that product uh, to you know to build your downline with that. And really, it seems to me like a lot of people make money just off of building their downline instead of actually selling products to the, to the end consumer. Uh, it's just it's just an industry that's got a lot of baggage, I yeah. guess you could say. You know, I, I I hear you entirely. I think that uh, you know, if that's what somebody wants to do, they need to they need to sort of be warned mm-hmm. that multi level marketing uh, has some disadvantages. But then again, so does every distribution uh, format. Sure. You know, I, I recommend try it once, and you know, don't don't exhaust your friendships and family. Don't exhaust your bank account either. Make yeah. sure that you're very, very judicious about how much money you're putting into this effort. Uh, you know, they're going to tell you to buy a bunch of stuff that maybe you need to, maybe you don't. I, I would suggest being very cautious about what purchases you make uh, because sooner or later you'll be out of money and you have a bunch of products sitting around your house and no yeah. one to sell it to. So. I know that's so great. I don't know if the internet ones they require as much product purchasing. That might be one of the sell, you know, selling points as well. Don't you know. don't have to buy a bunch of product. So, just be careful. 1-800-259-9231. Hey, if you want to tell us your network marketing stories, uh we'd love to hear from you. I- I'm sure a bunch of our listeners have uh, been Both involved good in it. And bad. And there are more bad than there are good, but I'm sure there are some good I don't ones know that out that's there. That's true. People some people make it work, you know? I mean, some people are very good at it. Yep. And it's just it's grueling. It's a grueling business. But interesting and fascinating nonetheless. If the product is right, then that's step number one, right? The yeah. product has to be right. You know, it's, it seems wrong to me in, in you know, the, the way they run their business in that every other business is going to pay you for working for them. They don't. 
1-800-259-9231. Speaking of fakes, we'll get back into that with a fake government office coming up in India. It's Free Talk Live, Hour 2 on the way. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You know, uh, we'll talk a little bit here in a moment about a fake government office. Last last hour we were talking about Chinese rip-offs, that kind of fake. Now we'll, uh, we'll move into a different kind of fake uh, but first, I want to continue just a few more comments, because we had Mac on the line a few moments ago, and he sort of suggested that he'd found a new business opportunity in the form of a network marketing company. And maybe I was too harsh during that segment about you know, you my, my comments. You've got a bad taste in your mouth for multi-level marketing. I, I, I don't have a bad taste in my mouth. What I wanted to say was that I wanted to caution him to be careful and caution mm-hmm. anybody to be careful when it comes to one of these opportunities. No doubt there are some good companies out there and some good products. No doubt. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're still in business. Somebody's buying those products, right? But I think what I wanted to point out was that I'm not as – I don't want to be – I don't want to sound as negative as I I might have come across. I think that my experience in the world of network marketing was probably a very valuable formative experience for me because I was 19 at the time when I was uh, recruited, I guess, for lack of a better word. And – I spent a lot of money. I think I dropped like six grand over all the time that I was that I was in there. Wow. And I think that the best thing that came out of it for me was that I learned sales. I learned about all of the, you know, the sales axioms, one no or every no is a no closer to a yes and, you know, all that stuff. Because they have these tapes that you listen to, right? I'm sure they do CDs nowadays. But they have these audios that they encourage you to purchase, which is one of the ways they make a lot of money is they sell audio uh, to their distributors. And uh, th- but there's a lot of good information in there, a lot of good sales-based info that will make you into a better salesperson. So there's no doubt about that. I did not do very well selling the products that I was involved in, uh, but I think that those lessons that I learned have helped me out later on down the line. So to that end, it was valuable. Could I have gotten better sales training for the six thousand dollars? Probably, yeah. maybe, yeah. But it's what I came across. It was the you know the direction my life went. I I don't regret it necessarily, but I think that uh, there are a lot of really shifty network marketing companies out there. Uh, Quickstar's not one of them. That's what he mentioned before. I, I don't want to promote them because I don't think I don't think Amway has good brand recognition at all. If somebody knows you're working with Amway, that's enough right there to turn them off. Yeah, it's got brand recognition. <laughs> Yeah, it's it negative. doesn't have positive brand right. recognition. Right, it's negative. So I don't know, man. When I first I found mean, out if about it was, that, if it was positive uh, brand recognition, then there would be um, Amway that he was selling for instead of Quickstar, right? Right. And and isn't Amway basically a company that sells a bunch of stuff, yeah, like everything basically from soap a mail order to company. cereal to right. I mean everything bulk, bulk mail order company. Right. That's that's got to be a tough sell. And so Quickstar is the same thing. It's just like the internet version of it. Well, I think that the, their um, if if you want to know their sell, their sell is you use our stuff. And 
it's going to cost you about the same to uh, go through here and just get your families and friends to do the same. I don't believe it costs about the same. From what I've seen, network marketing products well, always cost just so more. you know, that's their sell. I understand that. And I think it's not. I think it's nonsense. Uh, network marketing products always cost so much more than you know what you'd pay if you went down to Walmart. And for instance. The, the other thing is, is when I go and get some toothpaste at Walmart, I generally get the same toothpaste every time. But I like to look at all the different toothpastes sure. that I could have. I feel I feel rich. I feel like the world is plentiful when I get to go and look at mm-hmm. the toothpaste or the or the the shampoo and you those. You pick kind up of the boxes and yeah. examine them. Well, I I have all these these options. Whereas you know checking you know those those that's not the way I want to buy thing uh, some things. Other things, right. it's great to get a mail ordered. Oh, yeah, like Amazon.freetalklive.com. <laughs> there you go. You can go there and get all the brands you know instead of some questionable no, network no, they, marketing they have, brand. They have uh, real brands, too. Yeah, that's true. But but aren't they selling kind of like the uh, the products that didn't do as well in the marketplace? I don't think we should be speculating on what it is that Quickstar sells. Okay, we don't have a catalog here, and we're not looking at it online. And yeah. everything that uh, you know we speculate on is wrong. I can tell you they sell name <laughs> brands. I can tell you what their pitch is. I've heard it. Yeah, and that's all I can say. What did you do? What did you do when you were pitched? Um, I was being pitched. I was being pitched by a guy who was spending five thousand dollars a month with me in advertising. I said, "You pay close attention. Let's let's talk about this." <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. It just really, it never came to anything for some reason or another. Now, is he, he wasn't buying advertising for uh, the network marketing company, right? No. He was most buying. of them don't allow that. No, he was most buying. Of, most of them actually have a rule against advertising their their uh, their company. Yeah, you can't advertise, we, um, you know, your own, your version of it, no. Which I think is, you know, that's, that's kind of detrimental, too, because they only allow you to go and, and just talk to people person to person mm-hmm. instead of actually trying to get people to come to you uh, via advertising. It's... In some ways, it's a very crippled method of distribution. In other ways, it's very powerful if, if the product is good and uh, you know, person to person. For the right products, uh, it's going to work well. I don't know. I don't propose to be the the the, the guy, the expert as to how different products should be uh, distributed. I can just tell you that, uh, that, like what we've said, sometimes I'm really turned off when people talk to me about uh, um, multi-level marketing stuff. Other times, I've been kind of intrigued. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So if you've got a story you want to share with us, maybe you got uh, brought into one of these organizations, you lost your butt, and you came out of it and learned a few lessons, or maybe you're you know, a diamond distributor and yeah. you want to... Maybe you're one of those people that you, that, that they always talk about that has right. the huge mansion and, and the, the cars and the, the, the beautiful cars. Yeah. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Do share your stories. In the meantime, the uh, AFP reports out of New Delhi... And a fake government office has been discovered in northern India that collected taxes, provided civic services, and even handed out birth and death certificates, a report said Monday. Now, what I want to know here is, really, what's the difference between a fake government and a real government? <laughs> it's awesome. How can you t- Let's continue this story. Uh, uh, this is what you have to keep asking yourself all the way through yeah. this story, is what makes the government legitimate and illegitimate? <laughs> this one actually sounds... Pretty good. An office was set up outside of Jhansi Town in Uttar Pradesh state, and 20 people were employed to carry out jobs such as street sweeping. Officials believe the operation originally started as a scam to collect fees from residents in return for one municipal janitor, but the leader of the operation allegedly branched out, opening a functioning office that employed a team of janitors. 
An unnamed police officer said he later seems to have de- decided to carry on with the office as it did not appear to be a loss-making proposition. Well, th- that's o- o- well, that's obviously not a government. If they're not losing money, then it can't be a government, right? Well, it just goes to show that uh, with the kind of margins that the government uh, provide, you know, gets, mm-hmm. uh, that a real business could really just do very well. I mean, he he thought to scam people, but he's like. You know, he do the scam, close his doors, run away with the money. And yeah. he's like, heck no, I'm staying here. This is the real scam. Stay it open. And he, you know, yeah. I mean, this is the funniest part is the biggest. This is a scam artist. And the biggest mm-hmm. scam going is pretending to be the government. Awesome. It is. It's awesome. The scam only came to light after some employees complained about salary problems to superiors in the actual government department. <laughs> they didn't know who they were working for. We were shocked to hear this as we are. Ourselves were not aware that our department had a branch office, said the uh, one of the officials with the municipal corporation. It's not known how long the office had been running before being uncovered. It would have been difficult for me to believe that a racket like this could exist had we not actually stumbled upon this, said another official. One man employed by the office as the head supervisor of street cleaners said he had no way of knowing the branch was fake when he got his job. There was hardly any scope for suspicion, he said. After submitting the papers, we went for a medical examination and we were provided certificates. He uh, was said to be an employee of the corporation, was not actually at the office when the police went to search it. This was the, the boss was not there. So he has escaped into uh, the rest of India to perhaps go and open up another government yeah. office somewhere. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't, I don't know how he went about collecting the taxes in this case. But if he, I'd be curious to know exactly how the operation functioned. Why? Like, what, 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 is it that, what is the key that you're looking for well, in this question? I, I mean, if he's really providing street cleaning services, mm-hmm. if he doesn't have a gang of thugs going around threatening people, isn't he just a business that's using the name of the government? No, he's, use, he's, he's enterprising on the gang of thugs. Yeah. You know, because the gang of thugs, you never see them. Have you seen a gang of thugs going around collecting money from people for that's street true. cleaning right. services? Right. No, it's a threat of a gang of thugs. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. <laughs> Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features there for free, archives included, an entire year's worth of the show front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy those on us, freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. LegalZoom.com. To your phone calls, we go. Let's talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you were talking about uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com earlier. Yes, and I sir. just wanted to mention that it redirects to the Amazon.com website in such a way that the sales get tracked for commission purposes. Correct. So that, so that, that they, they might think they were going to your Amazon, doc, you know, a selection of Amazon.com stuff on your website. Oh, no. It goes to the, um, the full Amazon.com That is correct. Website. If we were ever unclear about that, yes, uh, that is your doorway yeah. to the full Amazon site. When you enter through that portal, then Free Talk Live gets a percentage of anything that you purchase. So it's easy. Now, yeah. now what, the thing I want to also bring up, uh, 
some time ago, I, I called up and uh, tried to set you guys up with some word games there and asked you, like, uh, which amendment to the United States Constitution gives you the right to freedom of assembly? And one of you guys fell for it. Yeah, because, I did. Of course, the first, see, uh, but another thing about these word games I want to bring up, okay? Well, hold on. Before you go on, we should recap that uh, constitutions don't give people rights. Right. People have rights. The Constitution was created to enshrine those rights in the process of creating this government. Right, and the First, uh, yeah. the first Amendment does that. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, the thing is, when some people talk about deterring, see, it was deter sometimes sounds like a good thing, okay, but it, to take the libertarian position, you want to use the word intimidate, okay, mm. as in the government wants to deter cocaine use. Excuse me, the government is trying to intimidate people into giving up their right to use cocaine. Okay? Intimidation is a bad thing. See, so you want to use the word intimidate. They, they are using these gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests to intimidate the citizens into giving up their right to use cocaine. That might be true, but they're certainly not doing a very good job of it. Not, yeah, but, not but very many people have been word, intimidated. Some, some have. Some. Yeah, but, but the word intimidate uh, is a, a better word to use when you want to make the government sound bad. As an interesting to, observation. Uh, deter, deter is a good thing, and intimidate is a bad thing. So when you're choosing your words, you, you want to use the word intimidate when they're trying to uh, intimidate people into not exercising certain rights. I like where you're coming from on this because the government, they're very choosy, very deliberate about the words that they use. So why shouldn't yeah, we be? Yeah, that, that's also right because deter and intimidate both mean they're trying to scare people. Okay, and so, uh, you know, it, oh, this is just another deterrent. You know, we have these drug-sniffing dogs at the border to deter Drug smugglers, excuse me, you're trying to intimidate farmers into giving up their right to import marijuana crops that they grew in Mexico. You're trying to, oh, we're trying to deter, no, no, you're trying to intimidate the people. You got it, Tom. Thanks for the call tonight, yeah. 800-259-9231. And I would say it's intimidating to people that aren't even the targets. I would say that if you see, you know, dogs and armed troops in the streets, even if you're not a drug smuggler, you're intimidated. That's what I think the result of all that is. Yeah, well, you know, it, all of it. Yeah. I've got an email about uh, somebody who uh, was, was dealing with just that problem at the border. What, what problem? Well, you know, b intimidation and all that stuff. We'll get to, do we'll get to that. Yeah. Hang, that. Hang on to that. We've got to keep going to the phone calls here. Aaron is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Aaron. Hello? Aaron? Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, um, I called just over a week ago to talk to you guys about uh, Mises and had you compare it to Free State. Um, Mises, the, Mises the Mises Institute? Right. Yeah. Yes. And um, you guys said a bunch of stuff about the Mises Institute, and I think you got some of it wrong, and I wanted to kind of clarify a little bit. Let's clarify. Okay, I don't even know what okay. I said, because I honestly don't know anything about them. Okay, well, I asked you to compare it to the Free State Project, and you were saying about how the think tanks don't really do a good job because, you know, they already have all this stuff worked out and have a pretty good system down and that, you know, getting people into positions in in universities is really hard because they can't get tenure and things like that. I, I don't think I said the think tanks do a bad job. I think I said the think tanks aren't going to be the method to uh, achieving freedom or liberty in our lifetime. Yeah, but I just wanted to clarify on the Mises Institute, what they do, you know, write papers and stuff. 
I think their main focus is to get like grad students, liberty minded grad students, yep. the proper, you know, education and incentive to actually go out and get jobs in academia. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they do that is they they provide um they provide publications where they can get published and then they actually end up you know that because you need to get published in order to get these jobs and stuff and that's one of the ways they do it another thing is that um when it comes to like spreading the word and being a conveyor of all this stuff Mm -hmm. i did a little alexa search on you know comparing um the mises institute website mises.org to a few others and they're like way ahead of like free state project or even oh um, it makes sense they've I'm been sure. around i'm a member of the free state project i've donated money to their cause i've moved for their cause i can't tell you the last time i've been to their website i got no reason to go well in addition the free state project's only been around for you know what since 2001 whereas the mises institute's been around for much longer than that so they're oh, yeah. certainly established well the other thing was like you were talking about how if they wanted to, you know, try to get people into positions that it's so hard in the different universities that they should concentrate on just a few and, like, have, you know, you were saying to send, like, all your resume or a bunch of resumes to, like, the New Hampshire schools because that would kind of coincide with that. Yeah. And they don't do it to the New Hampshire schools, but there are, like, three major universities that have already, you know, they've already broken through like basically Auburn and uh, George Mason and Loyola mm-hmm. universities, and they've got, you know, at least three or four guys in each one of those. And that's kind of, right. I don't know, I was just thinking, you know, you were talking also at one point about how, you know, you kind of got disenchanted with the Libertarian Party because oh, yeah. of the um, how they want, you know, some members of it wanted to steer away from the drug issue. I, I was disenchanted by the infighting in general and the politics inside the uh, the organization. But yes, that was certainly an yeah, issue. Their, kinda, their fall away from principle was my main complaint. Yeah, I think kind of you know if you kind of fall away from going after the college students, that's kind of doing the same thing, you know. Nobody said we should go uh, fall away from going after the college students. Okay. I mean, if that's Mises wants to go out there and do, look, hey, I'm not trying to say that what these other organizations are doing is bad. I think that everyone should go and and try to achieve liberty in the way they think is best. All I'm saying is I disagree with the approaches, and I think it would make more sense to focus in one area. Imagine if you had three of you know if you had three professors at the same school instead of one professor in three schools. Thank you for the call tonight, Aaron. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that Mises is doing they're doing very valuable work for, for a think tank and the av- but the average person um, they really can't participate in that right yeah you can't send the average person to the Mises website and have them learn about liberty I mean that'd be like drowning them in scholar I can't even read that scholarly stuff more now there's some of the stuff on their sites not not all it's not all of it is scholarly we can come back and discuss this more here in moments it is free talk live you take control one of the bonuses you'll get as a free talk live amplifier is access to our classic archives For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features include the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. Plus, the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest, June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to see firsthand why Ron Paul loves New Hampshire and its liberty activists. In addition, you'll be able to listen to some concerts, enjoy barbecue, and socialize around the fire. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Now, just to continue commenting here on what Aaron was talking about a few moments ago, I don't want to make it sound like I'm attacking these other organizations. I'm not. I'm like Harry Brown. I mean, he Harry Brown, even if he disagreed with an idea, even if he disagreed with the strategy, he would say, you know, if that's what you feel like is the best approach, you should do it. Yeah. That's how I feel. I totally agree. Go ahead. Take that, you know, go ahead. Join the Libertarian Party and run with that ball as far as you want to run with it. And then eventually you'll probably come to the same conclusion that I did. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you'll keep at it. Maybe you'll maybe you'll be the one who will finally reform the LP uh, to uh, restore it to its wonderful prominence that it you know that it once had when it was the really the party of principle, which it is not anymore. Or uh, perhaps perhaps you will uh, be successful in your endeavors, the Mises Institute, in their endeavors to place liberty-minded academics uh, across uh, educators across the country. And There's certainly universities that have that, and it's 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 great when they do. I, I love the idea that you can go and uh, get a PhD in economics at uh, George Mason University and and really get taught by real free market individuals. That's fantastic. I just don't think it's reaching the common man. I don't think it's got the broad range uh, of appeal that that really works um, to, for for getting the idea of liberty out there. I could be wrong, but sure, I'm not going to go with some plan that I don't believe in, and I don't really believe in getting the academics in power. I'm all for it. I just you know, I'm not putting money behind it. Right. I, I, I'm not putting my emotional uh, interest behind it. And what are you asking from the average individual when you ask that? Let's get let's get academics into power. What are you asking from them? I suppose you could they could give you money to help about get it, academics yeah. in in power. But other than that, you know, everything else depends. There's no on emotional um, investment from the average individual. There's so no payoff either, really. I yeah. mean, oh, somebody got a job somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's no real uh, tangible thing you can really hold on to and say, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. This is uh, great. This is really going to help things. At least that's just how I feel about it. If you want to go and spend money with those organizations, I'm sure they'll take your money. But so will we. And uh, it's you know we're doing different things, and and that's okay too. Not everybody has to do the same thing. We should have different approaches. There should be multiple prongs and to the idea the liberty of the, uh, the, the Tannenbaums and uh, what was the name of the uh, the Tannehills, Morris Tann- and Linda Tannehill. Yeah, and and what's the name of the book? The Market for Liberty. Market for Liberty. They're not God writing the Bible. You know, it's some, some recommendations that they had, and mm. um, so everybody's kind of kind of come up with their own ideas and see what you know works for them and that kind of thing. So you know, so what we're doing here is we are trying to reach out to the common man, the average American who is getting into his car at the end of a long day at the factory or wherever it is he's working, flips on the radio, scans through the band, or hits his favorite talk station, and there's Free Talk Live. Talking about liberty and freedom. In and keeping a, his taxes. On Friday, yeah. when he gets his paycheck and he's seen how much money is taken out, we tell him, we recommend you get to keep all your money. Right. Well, I, I personally find that more effective and more powerful of a process than 
going through all of the motions of trying to get some academic installed in an institution some somewhere, which, which by the way, requires you to uh, to break through all of the gates of academia. And I don't know how difficult of a process that Being is. Published but, is just one of the many gates. Right. I, I don't know how difficult that process is, but Aaron said that they've done it at three universities. How many universities are there in America today? A lot more than three. I. I, I, I could even imagine how, to, how many there, universities there must be in the, America. The, the socialists are so entrenched in the Hundreds university system. Of universities. The socialists, the people that many of these, uh, most of the universities, like 99% of them, are getting government money. So right. they are eff- effectively arms of the government to some extent. And, you know, I have talked to, yes, they're absolutely in power. And sometimes, you know, it's... It seems to me when you talk to Republicans, um, you know, they usually look at you like you're a wishy-washy little, uh, you know, namby-pamby guy, and that doesn't create the same dis- disdain. When you talk to Democrats who can't come up with arguments against liberty, I've seen their lips curl like they just hate the things that you're saying. Um, you know, I, 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 and and those kind of people work so hard against you, and they understand. Yeah. Look, we own the university system. And I just don't think that they're going to get, like, you're going to pry them out. You're going to pry them out, uh, like, as, 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 with their dying breath, they're not going to let go of those those systems. I hope we get more universities. I don't want to say that I don't think it's possible, you know, possible, but it's going to be very, very tough row to hoe. I like how you say that they, they, you know, they basically own the entire system. And think about the difference between that and the world of radio. Now, of course, we also distribute on the internet, and that's completely unregulated. And you know, there's no limit to how many people can download our show there. But getting on radio, there certainly is a restricted number of transmitters in America. There's only a, oh, I don't know, about a thousand talk radio stations in America uh, for us to market the show to. So that's that's restricted and limited. But think about the types of people that are involved in the two different areas: academia versus the business of radio. See, you have to understand, academics, they don't know jack about business. It's just not their business. They, they know that they kind of live in this, uh, this tower of academia, right, where they're, they're above everything else, looking down on the rest of the country with all of their knowledge and their know-how and their expertise and whatever it is that, they, uh, that they've been educated in. And they, they don't have to really be that competitive. It's not uh, – the world of academia isn't – It's different. Yeah, isn't at all what the rest of the marketplace is like. It's just not the same. You're not – you don't have a competitor down the street trying to suck all your customers away mm. every single day of the week. You don't have that competitive force to deal with. Now, to be fair, radio needs a lot more competition than it has. It needs to have the FCC abolished completely so it can really have real competition. But there is at least some competition in radio. And so the people that get involved in radio, outside of the talent, usually the talent don't have much idea what the business end of the the organization does. But the general managers, the operations managers, the program directors, they're business people. And their, their entire viewpoint is different. As long as you can bring those people profits then they're going to put you on the air. Mm. If they can sell your radio show, if they can profit from it, you will get on the air. So getting through the gatekeepers of radio, not as difficult as getting through the gatekeepers of the world of academia. And so I think we're going to see more success faster 
with our model of spreading the message of liberty mm-hmm. than their model. So let's wa- let's watch and see what happens. How long has the Mises Institute been around? What the late sixties, something like that? I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, and I wouldn't would hate to be in any kind of competition because there would be no way to, way to quantify that, Ian. I oh I understand that, but still. Just going to kind of be interesting to see what happens here. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen with Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is going to continue to go on until the federal agent, uh, federal agents, put a bullet in your head and put me in jail. And th- that's that's just the case. I, I'd rather that not be a vision that you have in your head, Mark. That's I'm awfully negative. Saying and that that's, a, that's scary. That's the only place that the, that's the only way that it's going to that stop. Would, us. The only way it would stop. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Death right. or imprisonment's the only thing that's going to stop this this show. And. We have steadily gained radio stations. I don't see any reason why we would peak out at 33 stations and then suddenly crash down. It seems to me that we're going to continue to add radio stations. As we continue to add radio stations, the message can only spread. More and more people. All you have to do is listen to this show for a a, a short period of time, and you will, in fact, hear the lives that are changed. I think that uh, this show alone can do more than those academics can do in their institutions. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 800-259-9231. And that's just this show. What about John Stossel? What about Penn & Teller? What about the other shows that inevitably will be libertarian shows that are sort of copying Free Talk Live? This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Toll-free number for you. 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the show. Want to support Free Talk Live? Then become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more about it. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month. Completely voluntary, by the way. You can enjoy all the website features without spending a dime. But if you send in three bucks a month, we take that money in, reinvest it into the show to get on more radio stations around the country, which is what we were talking about a few moments ago, spreading Free Talk Live and thereby the message of liberty as far and as wide as possible. So you can get on board and help us out and get some AMP perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in line, the AMP-only shrine of female listeners, AMP-only chat room, and more. It's all there, all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of the AMP line, we go to it. I believe we have Ziggy on uh, in the U.K. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on uh, your mind? I just want to pick up on something you said in the last section about academics yes. um, not having any real life sense. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they, they might have life sense, but as far as business, as far as uh, competition and, the, you know, the world of the marketplace, they're pretty insulated from all that. Well, somebody said to me yesterday, just yesterday, said to me, libertarians are great at winning the intellectual argument, but not, not so great at winning the pragmatic arguments. I think what he was saying was that basically when it came to the real world, that putting libertarian uh, theory into practice isn't as easy as talking about it in theory, which is true. Yeah, I, I'm extent. sure. Once you know, now that we've uh, instituted gigantic governments, that would be very difficult to uh, to um, you know. It's challenging to dismantle. Yeah. That yeah. would be that wouldn't be easy. However, I think that there are some libertarian positions that are you know more easy to defend than others, and I'd say that the vast ninety percent of them are very easy to uh, defend. They make more logical sense if. We just hadn't created this huge problem with the government already. You know, it'd be a lot easier. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I have to, I have to say the reason that the big government came was because basically people thought it was part of having a social conscience. 
unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all, that's always used as, 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 as a screen. As you, uh, you, you, you said a great quote the other week, um, Mark. Um, you know, the state comes with a smile on its face but a gun behind its back. Mm. Um, which reminded me of that quote from Goodfellas, you know, that killers always come with smiles on their faces. <laughs> and that is so true that with, with, with government so often. Yep. Um, oh, and by the way, the Mises Institute was set up in 1982. Oh, really? Um, yes, uh, Ron Paul addressed their 25th anniversary bash last year. And just quickly on Ron their 25th? Paul, just, well, that can't be right. I, I, well, 1982 to, 99, uh, to 2007? That's, that's 15. years. Not, that's not 25 years. 92 to 2007? No, 82. Oh, 82. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you yeah. said 1992. Okay. Well, very no, good. 82. Thank you for the clue. Very quickly on, yes. on, on the Ron Paul subject. He's not giving up. Listen to his message. He says he wants to create a movement. He, he, he did say, quite correctly, elections are short-term, revolutions are long-term, and there needs to be a movement. Well, we're with him on that. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Ziggy, thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything, we go to Ryan in New Hampshire. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, you were talking about the multi-level marketing, network marketing things uh, a little earlier in the show. Yeah. And there were a couple things you left out. Okay. Um, first of all, there's a huge difference between the, the multi-level marketing companies that require you to put down a deposit for product and those that require you to buy it up front. The ones that require you to buy it up front, you should steer clear of. A deposit's completely different. That's just protecting their own interests, and that's fine. Uh, for example, I've Explain done, the difference to me, because I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat confused. Well, for, say, Amway, things like that, they want you to buy a lot of those products and to use and to show off and everything. That's, sure. that's one thing. Um, there's another company that I've I worked for for a time called Vector Marketing. They sell the Cutco knives. Okay. Now, they require you to put down a deposit on your, they call it a demo kit, you know, a selection of knives. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine. They don't want to give away a lot of expensive stuff. You know, right. if you end up leaving the company, you turn them back in, you get your deposit back. Really? Wow, that's yeah. unusual. They didn't even require a, a cash you know, cash or anything, just a check. That would stayed would on you file say that that is unusual in the network marketing industry? I'm sorry? Would you say that's unusual in the network marketing industry? I really haven't done enough network marketing to really be able to tell you what the, you know, what the normal way of doing things right. is. Right. You know, basically how it is for people is they've done whatever network marketing they've done. They don't yeah, know anything true. about any others. How did you do with Cutco? Uh, all right. What's that mean? I, well, I made money. You but did? Well, one thing that, that you cannot stress enough is any kind of network marketing type company, if you cannot do without a paycheck, do not get involved. Yeah. The only kind of people that should be doing this are, say, high school, college students who are already getting money from parents or mm -hmm. whatever, or people who already have another form of income because you, you can be the best salesman in the world and, and it just doesn't work out and you're in trouble. But it really does help with your sales skills, but you really need to watch out. Absolutely, and, and I have I have to agree one hundred percent. If you've got the if you've got the money and you've got the time, then that's great because it's essentially is starting your own business. And I think people that I think a lot of the people they target uh, in the network marketing world 
are not people that are prepared in any way, shape, or form to start their own business. They like the idea of starting their own business. Sure. They like the idea, and that's part of the sell. Oh, you set your own hours, and you do and this. And the that. idea with there's that's one of the problems I feel with network marketing is that there's no um, there's no uh, dan- there's no risk on the side of the business and the side of the upline. The people who you know are working are representing the business sort of t- uh, to you, the individual. Mm-hmm. There's no risk, so they can you know if they can convince you to get on board, then they only have the possibility of success and no possibility of failure with you and your work. Whereas you're going to risk your time, you're going to risk in some, most cases your money, and you're going to risk all kinds of things. And that seems to me unfair. Whereas Every other employer out there will risk an hourly wage to you. I mean, they don't know if you're going to come in the next day and they spend time training you that's and true. all that other stuff. And so that that's the part that I don't like and leaves me feel, feeling kind of yucky. Any other observations from your experience, Ryan? Well, you've really already got to be comfortable with people. You don't necessarily have to have your sales skills where they need to be, mm-hmm. but you absolutely have to be comfortable with talking to strangers before you can do something like this. And then it does really help you build your sales skills, but you definitely have to be in a position where it's okay if you lose. Yep. Yeah, and also be good if you're going to leave town afterwards, too, because then you... (laughs) If you ruin some relationships, you can go start over fresh somewhere else. Well, if you if they follow the advice that we've given and just be careful, right, and not because that's the other thing that uh, don't be pushy. That's what the companies in your upline don't have anything to lose when it comes to your friends and your family. Yeah, that's true, and that's why they encourage you to uh, alienate people. Beat I them up. Tell them they're bad people if they don't buy from you. You well, know, all kinds of things. I they well, suggest. they didn't they didn't get that explicit, but they I remember one suggestion. They could one suggestion that was made was that uh, you know essentially. If they aren't interested, they're not your real friends. Yeah. We're your real friends. Just come to these meetings every week and, you know, we're your friends. Yes. And that was kind of the attitude. And, man, is that unhealthy and dangerous. It's very cultish, actually, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. A lot of these network marketing uh, organizations. Now That would be cultish. At, yeah, it sure as hell is. Uh, so the, the cut codes, that's where you go, like, house to house? Uh, how do you... How do you approach your clients with that one? Yeah, that one is just like um, most of the time that they do with vacuum cleaners and other things. It's um, on a referral system. They, mm-hmm. You start with friends and family and then have them refer you, and then everyone else you see refer you to other people. And and essentially a lot of the time I found it was um, a family member or friend would refer me to whoever it was that always tended to refer vacuum cleaner salesmen to them <laughs> just to get back at them. But either way, every <laughs> once in a while I get a sale out of it. Right on. Any other thoughts? Yeah. Um, amp the show because calling the 800 number really sucks. <laughs> if you amp the show, you get a number where you can call in and Ian answers it personally and he doesn't forget you're on the line and you don't have to wait through a segment and a half and it's much better. <laughs> segment Everybody and a half? Do that. You did pretty oh, good with a segment and a half. Hey, I didn't forget you were on the line, man. It's all about structure. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. But the show anyway. You know, the problem was, was that we were talking about network marketing at the very beginning of this hour, and then we shifted gears into a different topic. Mm-hmm. We started getting calls on the other topic. Right. And, and we, so, we, you got to take, you got to take the calls on the topic that you're on. Yes, you know? I just so you know, there's no rule on this show that says you will get in in the order that you call. This isn't a customer service hotline. There was at one time that rule, but we haven't said that rule in no, that rule's been long four gone. years. Yeah. 
It was in a fact, bad rule. <laughs> in fact, I even make exceptions to the fir- uh, the lady's first rule. For Paula in Florida, we'll go to her coming up here in moments. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Chronic callers, that's a little different from a new lady calling in for the very first time, for instance. You bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You got any network marketing stories you want to share with us? We'd love to hear from you. Tom in California is on the line. He wants to talk about prostitution. I think that might involve a certain governor of New York. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Still to come, Mark, you had an email we were going to get to about the Border Patrol, so do have that uh, ready. Ready But first, your phone calls. Let's go to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Hi, hon. Hey, what's on your I mind? I just want to let you know that um, the representatives are listening to y'all's programs. Mm, I know they're they are. Want, yeah, they're wanting to know the truth of what's coming and what's coming down. I had called them about this waterboarding thing, about that there was somebody that came on the program about this. Mm-hmm. And so I let them know about it. So Not they have program. all the websites. They know how, you know. They're, they're listening to your, I mean, your... This station is the most important station in this world right now. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, and I mean, they, they are so glad that they have you all there so that they know what's going on. You, you know, have, do you know which representatives specifically? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone from um, Florida to, to California just about. Every single one of them, Mark. They're all listening tonight. Let them know. I you mean, know, I'm checking the live stream statistics right now. An awful lot of them. I can but see anyway, them, actually, they're... online right now, Paula. I can see them listening to the show. We have a, what, an insurgent? Well, I'm serious. They, they call in. They listen. They they, they they get on the websites and all this, wow. and they're getting the information. Well, if that's true, then, I mean, the Liberty it is, message... It is, true. The, if the Liberty message is so infectious and, and so sensible and so logical, then certainly they will be won over within a matter of what? How? I mean, how long does it take? It couldn't take much well, longer than... Well, they didn't know about y'all for a while, and then finally I said, they've got to know what's coming down. It couldn't take much longer than a few weeks full of listening just to really weeks, yeah. get yeah, well, it. They, they pick up your websites, and they, they get the information so, on Rinsen, Paula, and, and, if and that's Alex true, and Power Hour and everything. I don't know who those are. Those people are, but <clears throat> if that's true... It's true, hon. Then, then that means that everything's going to change within like a month's time, right? Yeah, they I don't mean, because like they're going to hear us talking like about They're going to hear us talking about liberty. They're going to get it, and then all of a sudden they're going to start voting in favor of freedom again, right? Hey, there are a lot of good ones still there, okay? No, they're coming. We have Paula. to fight the bad ones. We I think they're all bad. Thank you for the call no, they're, tonight. Hey, they're not all, okay? They're not. Well, except for Ron Paul, maybe. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Come on. But look, I don't you know, I don't even believe her that she calls these people oh, now. Oh, I do. Maybe I believe her. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I wonder what the the, uh, the the office staff. How do they treat Paula when she calls in? Man, do you know how many phone calls those people get? They don't have any idea. Oh, they must know who she is. I mean, if she calls as often as she calls Free so. Talk Live, they must know who she is. I don't think so. Well, anyway, look. If you've ever talked to a representative before, and I have never spoken to one outside of New Hampshire, I've called and left messages down in Florida. Never actually talked to any representatives. Mm-hmm. These people think they're better than you. 
they don't they don't want to hear what you have to say, and they certainly aren't going to listen to a radio program that you suggest they listen to. I mean, up here in New Hampshire, they they're infected by that to some extent. It's not as bad here as it is everywhere else, at least down in Florida. Hey, you know, the only time I've uh really been able to talk to my rep had been able to talk to my representative in florida is um well you know when she was trying to get elected that's it that's how it works that's how uh let's see in fact uh, many of them here won't return my calls they will talk to you when they're trying to get your vote Mm -hmm. then they pretend like they care what you have to say that's when they'll look like they're listening to you and they'll nod their head and they'll go "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh-huh uh and there really is one up here that does that her name's molly (laughs) kelly she's a state senator now and then when you when they get into office, right? They, and she did take my calls when uh, she was trying to get elected. Yep. They and, have no obligation to take your calls now. And then I talked to her about all kinds of things. Tried to tried to talk to her about all kinds of things after that. Very difficult to get a hold mm-hmm. of old Molly. Yeah. So you telling me that the people with that attitude and people with that demeanor are actually going to tune in to Free Talk Live because Paula called and said they should listen? You got to be kidding me. I mean, she's she's made some pretty unbelievable calls, but that one is, I think, up toward the top. Let's continue with your calls. You bring up anything. Tom in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? All right, well, I was thinking, you've, uh, did you already talk about the Spitzer thing? Have we talked about it? No. Yeah. I, I I thought maybe we'd mention it. Governor I mean, of uh, New York. You know, pretty much every talk show is talk, talking about it. Yeah, so the yeah. governor of New York got caught for, uh, you know, soliciting a prostitute, and yeah, he's connected to some prostitution ring. Yeah, and, but what I was thinking is, you know, this is uh, ridiculous. To um, I think the only bad thing he did was cheating on his family. But to bring legal charges against him for entering in a an agreement with another adult that hurt nobody else is ridiculous. Well, let's not it's forget hard to defend the politicians. that he was uh, that that he was a uh, wasn't he a state's attorney or something like that, and he came yeah. down on people who did yeah. just this. There are yeah. people that did time for what he's going to get away with. So. Yeah. I mean, so I think maybe she should get punished for hypocrisy, but besides right. that... He's a twisted, <laughs> sick man. Yes, prostitution <laughs> should be legal, absolutely. But, yeah, but whenever the, these politicians get busted, you just have to revel in it. You just have to cheer, because I it hope really... He's got, I, I hope he caught herpes, too. It has to... I mean, that, when when will Americans get tired of hearing these stories? Hey, when, um, also, um, but that's a, that's a coincidence, because uh, last night I saw you... Um, I, I, was, I heard Sean Hannity on the radio talking about how... Democrats force morals on others, but this guy, when he was when he was arguing with Neil Bortz about prostitution, uh, Neil Bortz was arguing uh, for it, and Hannity was arguing against it, and mm-hmm. this was his reason. I'm not joking. He said it's immoral, and he's literally f- arguing that it's his moral views that makes other people that makes him want to force other people to live a certain way, and he has the audacity to call Democrats. Moral shovers. Well, you know, this is um, unfortunately, you know, they the Republicans have a, a really good side, and they can they can argue sort of fiscal conservative really well. Rush Limbaugh taught him how to do that, and he really does a good job of steering clear of the uh, moral issues, the social issues. He he tries to step around those things, so he sort of tries to argue in the same way a libertarian would. But they have that huge chink in their armor, which is that they believe that you can bring um, that you can legislate morality, and you can't. As then Sean some... Hannity, you know, he's he's just hack. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's awful. Uh... <laughs> Because whenever the Republicans in general, I, I just assume it's, uh, he must be joking. I can't believe he'd be that dumb because 
he belongs to the he belongs to the party that is known for forcing morals on others because they say that they're the party of morals. And ninety nine percent of the time, when a Republican when a politician says that, it means that they want to force their morals on others because yeah. it's so it's so objective that it's just a cheating uh, it's just a cheat word. It's just a word that you say when you don't want to admit. But really, really, the problem, uh, you know, one of the problems is there's not really that much of a difference between the moralists and the Republicans and the moralists and the Democrat Party. I mean, you've got people like Hillary saying we need to regulate video games because they're showing bad things. I mean, yeah, that's a conservative point of view that she's taking. Well, right. But that's all I'm saying is the lines have been blurred completely. There's there. I mean, there's virtually no difference between the two. Well, not regulate video games, but um, for my for minors, like put restrictions on minors and that. But at, at least but that's where it starts, man. Yeah, I know. Because they'll they'll put the restrictions on it for the minors. They'll use the children as the excuse to get the foot in the door to regulate video games. But then before you know it, the next next thing will be, well, now the minors are just having adults buy their games for them. uh, So we just need to make it so you can't have violence in video games anymore. yeah, there would be no good video game stuff. All kids, eleven-year-olds play Halo and and uh, God of War and mature video games. They're not affected by it. That's ridiculous. Nope. It absolutely is ridiculous. And thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. You know, you know I'd like about, to know about children's video games. Yeah. Let me let me tell you an experience I had. A friend of mine, my my roommate, had over a girl. It was like a first date or something like that. Second date. That they hadn't been out very often, mm-hmm. but she brought her son with um with him and you know i i guess i spent a little time trying to entertain the son just for fun yeah um, you know my house i the kid was there right yeah. so i spent a little time with him so he wanted to play video games and i had a video game system or he saw me playing video games or some way or another and i let him play some video game that i had going now you can believe in the video game that i was playing it's violence yeah there's some violence there's some blood there's some adult themes of some sort or another. not as much fun without splashing Gallons of blood. This, it was the boy was maybe five, seven, nine, I don't know how old he was. Young. He he was young. He was single digits, I'll give you that. Okay. And he was, he he went through my video games and, you know, played that for a second and then, uh, you know, maybe a minute or two and then he was like, you could tell he didn't like it. And then, so he Mm. started going through my video games. He found one that I had uh, been given. I didn't even go out and buy. It was Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> and he found that. He played that. He laughed. He had the greatest time playing this video game that was clearly the cartoon. It was a cartoon of a little wolf or something yeah. running around. Kids want to play kids' video games, and adults want to play adult video games. 1-800-259-9231. What is immoral about prostitution? Can someone answer that for me? Because if there's something immoral about prostitution, it doesn't even come close to the immorality of threatening your neighbors. Which is what Sean Hannity, of course, was aggravating for or uh, agitating for there. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. Stickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. Enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know it first. If you're on the updates list, just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? You can. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonies, and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. So I still want to know, 
the last caller, last gentleman we had on the line was talking about uh, Tom. Tom in California was talking about the uh, the Sean Hannity show and mm-hmm. how on his show he suggested that prostitution was immoral. What exactly is immoral about prostitution? I mean, really, can somebody explain that well, viewpoint to me? It's immoral to ha- uh, from from a religious standpoint to have sex uh, with somebody you're not married to, um, and so. Uh, it would also be highly, highly immoral to have sex with uh, somebody and bring home a social disease to your uh, wife or significant other. Uh, I could wife. see that. I could see cheating would be immoral because you have a uh, an agreement uh, that says you will not do things like that, and if you go out and do it, you're breaking your agreement. And people are very concerned about that particular possibility. Do you understand that with uh, w- when it comes to prostitution, that there's you know how how do you know who's doing what? I don't know, but that's not the issue of. I mean, th- the issue isn't who's doing what. The issue is the act of purchasing sex for money. What is inherently immoral about that? Is it just immoral because some book somewhere says it says it is, or does it have to be wrong to be immoral? I guess some people think it's wrong, some people think it's right, so it's all subjective. I'm just trying to work this out in my head. I'm just trying to understand. That's all. I think that I think that most people consider it morally wrong to. Uh you know, go to a prostitute, especially if they have they're in a relationship. The relationship, I understand that, mm-hmm. because in most relationships, you're supposed to be exclusive, and so going outside of that agreement is breaking your agreement. And I don't think anyone would disagree that breaking an agreement you have with someone, of course, that's immoral. That's that's wrong. It's the wrong thing to do. You're not respecting that other person's uh, what they're. Res- you're not giving them the respect they deserve. But in the case of j- just a single guy going out to Hire a prostitute? Well, then I'm telling you, fornicating is wrong as far as just about every religion goes. Yeah. I mean, at least the one, the major ones that have had influence on our society here. So it's religion then that determines morality? I think that it, don't you, wouldn't you agree that that's what most people's barometer is? I think that's unfortunate. I think the barometer should be whether or not another person is harmed, whether or not another person that's, that's, or their property that's is harmed. What, that, <laughs> that's what you have decided is your, uh, you know, your moral barometer. But most people say that religion is even, um, even people that aren't that religious. Sure, and I, there are certainly some people that believe an eye for an eye. For instance, if somebody does something wrong, then they get punished by having something wrong done to them. So I wonder, is it? In the world of the Christian or whatever the hell Sean Hannity is, in 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 that world, because I know we get a lot of good Christians that listen to the show that don't believe uh, the same things that many other Christians do. So I don't want to mix everybody together into the same group. It's not fair. But in that world of uh, bizarro morality, is it more immoral to commit the act of prostitution than it is to incarcerate a person for committing the act of prostitution? They don't ever think about that, right? Well, no, they don't. I mean, you know, government is always right. And the the Bible has, has some uh, quotes in it that can be used by the big government proponents out there that, uh, you know, basically say that uh, Romans uh, says that a, the guy in power has been put there by God, so you've got to obey him. And, of course, uh, there's the famous render under Caesar, what is Caesar's, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of... Yes, that's what people believe. Absolutely. If it's done in the cloak of, of government, it's absolutely legitimate. You know, as long as So does that mean it's immoral because it's illegal or is it immoral because the religion says it's wrong? Or both? 
It's, uh, you're asking me to talk about a religion that I don't believe in. I know, but you're the it, only one here, and no one's on the so phone difficult. to answer. It's so difficult. I don't, A, I don't believe... You went to Christian school. I you're qualified. I don't believe in Christianity. B, I, if I did believe in Christianity, the last person that I believe in is Paul. I think he's absolutely illegitimate and doesn't belong in the New Testament. Um, and so the, what the, did, the what, crap now, that he says, just in Romans, where he says that the guy who's been given the sword has been given by God, and you must obey him. Right. Now, didn't Jesus encounter a prostitute at one point? Yes. What did he do? He, uh, you know, told people that uh, whoever was perfect to cast the first stone. So he didn't grab the woman, slam her to the the floor, no, he said, cuff go, her? Go and sin no more. He didn't uh, throw her in a jail cell? No. No. Huh. So basically the Christians that are saying that prostitution is immoral and people should be punished for it aren't actually following the Christ that they claim to follow. Am I interpreting that correctly? Uh, <laughs> You know, those people, no, I don't think that that necessarily is so. Um, you know, Jesus wasn't the elected official. He didn't have any place to incarcerate this woman. Um, but would people, that have been something he would have done? You know, I, you can't you can't compare them because Jesus' kingdom is in heaven and, and this kingdom's on earth. Now, I've been taught by the big government people that, um, you know, would, of course, defend the big government position. And it's difficult to say what would Jesus do in this particular instance. I can, I do believe that Jesus wouldn't vote to hurt somebody. And so when we do issue voting and, and that kind of thing, he wouldn't vote to take your house away if you didn't think it was a good idea to participate in whatever nonsensical scheme, be it public school or the space program or whatever, that he thought was a good idea. I don't think that he would do that. So I do agree that Jesus is a libertarian, but... How would Jesus act in a position of authority? He was never in one. Would he take one? It's a good question. I don't think that he would. Not from what I understand, but I'm certainly no expert. 1-800-259-9231. You can join the fun here. Comment. Uh, would love to have you answer these questions if you know a little more than I do on this one. I, when was the last time I was in a church? Let's see. I guess I went to one of those little Christmassy things with my old girlfriend. Did one of us say that the prostitute that Jesus saved was Mary Magdalene? I didn't know. Okay. No. Great. Who's but that? Who is Mary Magdalene? Sounds familiar. Mary Magdalene was, it's it's posited, was Jesus' wife. Many people confuse... Jesus? His wife was a prostitute? No. That's that, that's the problem. <laughs> there, there is the, there's the mess up right there. Mary Magdalene, not a prostitute. Quite possibly Jesus' wife. Uh -huh. And there's some stories that get it close and, and that kind of thing. I mean, I was taught that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute when I was in Christian wow. school. How'd they mess that one up? Well, they didn't. For one, they don't believe Jesus was married because having sex is sinful, son. Even sin, sex even under marriage. Well, you, you, this religion has gone 2,000 years. Yeah. It's gone through lots of iterations, and part of that iteration had to make it through the Victorian era. Era. There, you know, there are. People that believe that it is wrong to have sex if you're not going to have a child. Let's go to the phones. Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Uh, Sean Hanny ain't nothing but a hooker herself, first <laughs> of all. But I have a couple of other things. Go. And I, I think um, that, you know, prostitution should be legal because, uh, especially up here in Montana, I mean, more California girls are moving up here, but I think we should have legal prostitution. I'm with you there. Your you second know? point? Uh, my third point is uh, 
Sean Hannity's a hooker. Thanks for the call. 800 259 Let's call talk show host names on this show. How about Michael Savage? Let's attack him, too. And by the way, he's about to lose He's about to lose his lawsuit, from what I hear. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231, the Sacle CAI toll-free line. That is, by the way, uh, Sacle CAI. I already mentioned that. 1-800-259-9231. We love Sacle CAI. In fact, you might be hearing a little bit more about them later this week, but that's about all I can say. All right. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features we give away, live streams included, broadband version and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida. The world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 1-800-626-RACE or visit sebringraceway.com. March 12th through the 15th. Don't miss it. 800-259-9231. So I mentioned uh, Michael Savage. He's uh, one of these big talk show hosts. What's number three Uh, most listened to show? Three, four, something like that. This guy is just a hate monger. I don't know if you've ever ever heard him before, but he's kind of like the, oh, I don't know, the antithesis of Free Talk Live, basically. Yeah, he's the opposite. And appropriately enough, he he's is... He's fascist talk live. Right, he is uh, He is our biggest competition in the time slot we're in in the world of radio. He's in the middle of a lawsuit right now that he actually brought against a uh, an immigration... I think it's some sort of immigration group. I don't even really even know. Some, some group that uh, was really targeting him. Apparently they were targeting Savage uh, because he's a hate monger, mm-hmm. and they uh, they used clips from Savage's show to prove On that the website their website yeah. saying you know Sa- Savage is a hate monger. Here's Here, some listen. clips to prove it. Yeah, and he sued them for, for using, copyright. Yeah, for using his audio um, on their website, which right. and the judge is about ready to throw it out of the court. Yeah, so. I kind of feel like it should be thrown out. I, I really feel, I, I, you know, and I want to take my emotions out of this scenario. They're not using it to make money. They're using it to expose who he is yeah. and what he believes. Sorry, buddy, you don't get to have, it's not the, the old world of radio where whatever you say goes out into the ether and disappears the instant you say it. Today, if somebody's running a, uh, you know, rolling tape on you, not that anyone rolls tape anymore, but you know, that's one of those old terms, right? If someone is recording you, then it lives forever on YouTube and on the Internet. You'll never live it down. So you better watch what you say. Of course, he doesn't care. He likes to spew hate. That's what people listen to him for. So they can listen to someone spewing hate and say, yeah, I hate brown people too. And so now, uh, and he's lost advertisers, by the way, as a result of this campaign that was launched against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's lost some pretty big name national advertisers. And good. That's great. Yeah, yeah, you know, what are you going <laughs> to. He should, I guess, is the way I've, I think about it. You know, now, people, people call this show radical, and that's. I can kind of see that. We have opinions that are very far from the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But then I think. Michael Savage is out there proposing that we bomb the Middle East into a you know until it's glass. And Maybe that's not so radical. Killing millions and millions, if not a billion people. 
The fact is, there are it a lot of people that agree with him. Feelings at all? If you did that, there are a lot of people that agree with him. If you put armed people on the border and just shot Mexicans, uh, you, you know, rounded them up and shot illegal aliens, he would be happy. That's the impression that I get. I don't want to yeah. put words in his mouth or anything like that. And he I, might sue you. Well, look out. It's just you know, I, I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's. It's sick. He's scum. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to bring, the, the reason I wanted to bring this back around, besides giving a quick update on what's happening to him, is to point out that uh, this kind of ties back into something we mentioned earlier, and that is that you suggested Free Talk Live would continue to succeed, continue to get on more radio stations. The fact is, there is a real possibility that at some point in our future, someone will launch a similar campaign against us. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about things that a lot of people don't agree with. A lot of people don't agree with uh, the ideas presented on Free Talk Live, and there is a good chance that they will target our advertisers as a result of that. Yeah, yeah, it's liable to happen. Now, of course, the advertisers you are getting, Mark, they do understand to some extent that they are getting involved in a controversial show, right? I tell them. Yeah, right. I generally tell them, look, you know, um, there's liable to be people who call you, call you and tell you that, uh, you know, you're bad for advertising on the show. Then I tell them the story about Snapple. About how Snapple started advertising on Rush Limbaugh back when Rush Limbaugh was brand new, brand back new. Back when stuff. Snapple, nobody knew who they were. Right, and Snapple was nothing, and he took them from like a ten million dollar company to a three billion dollar company mm-hmm. in in the span of a few years. Now they had a great product. I don't want to make it seem like they didn't, but great advertising really helps for a great product. Oh yeah, there's a lot of great products out there that are not properly marketed and they just don't go anywhere. Great advertising with a great product really worked. And this was back when Rush was extraordinarily controversial. There was nothing like it. The very fact that he was saying these things, whether he was right or not, didn't even matter. It was was just too off the charts for people to believe. Remember, Paul Harvey was talk radio before Rush Limbaugh came along. And that's the rest of the story. You know, he gave cute little anecdotes and uh, did infomercials for things. Mm -hmm. Rush Limbaugh came out and gave his opinion and told you why the Democrats suck. And it was radio that we just weren't ready for it. People, you know, it was brand new, and and so despite the controversy, the product sold. Product sold and sold and sold. So we try to help our advertisers understand that. And uh, wow, looks like the uh, power just went out, which could be pretty. Awful. Can you take this from here, Mark? Yeah, I, I, I can. Let read, me read that email. That. I am going to read that email. I don't understand why it's awful. We got battery backups. Anyway, <clears throat> going from uh, Carrie here. You know, guys, you talk about this all the time, and I I just thought I'd mention that we and some friends took a Harley road trip down through the Texas to Big Bend National Park and back up through the Guadalupe Mountains for 10 days. Sounds like fun, big Harley road trip and all. During those 10 days, we never left the U.S. And on the highway, we were never closer than 15 miles from the Mexican border. But we still went through three Border Patrol Excuse me just a second. Uh, Three Border Patrol outposts. One stop was uh, outside Marfa, Texas. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the Marfa Lights. I have not, in fact, heard of the Marfa Lights, and I don't know what Marfa Lights are. Is it kind of beer? Um, And it was uh, a cold day. We had on face masks and several layer of clothing. One of the uh, Border Patrol guys, everyone uh, whom appeared to be Hispanic uh, descent, ironically, sauntered out and held up his hand and asked, are you American citizens? Now, now you got to get the picture here. This guy, this is a, a group of people on Harley Davidsons, and sometimes some people on Harley Davidsons aren't as compliant with the law as perhaps other motorists are. 
Uh, anyway, um, the, the gentleman says, are you American citizens? Gentlemen, I, I mean the, uh, the, the bureaucrat here, the, uh, the, the Border Patrol guy who's not on the border. Border Patrol not patro- patrolling the border. My husband tilted his head back at me, and I think he chuckled. I don't know, since we had in earplugs and masks and ski caps on and all of that. He never answered the guy's question, but the guy blew right past it and asked, Where are you going? Now, this is a Border Patrol agent asking, Where are you going? None of your damn business where I'm going. I mean, are you, aren't you supposed to be guarding the border? Are, I'm just tuning in. Is they, are they coming or going? They're, they're not even on the border. Oh, wow, okay. At no so this point, is one of those checkpoints. That, right, this is just a checkpoint inside okay. the United States. By the way, uh, the, it looks like the block, the power to the block is out, so it's not uh, us, so we're, we're on total battery backup. We could cut out at any moment just to let everybody know. I thought we had uh, battery backup for, for hours. Mm, we'll see. It's, it's as long as it is. Yeah. Okay, well, the uh, board app will take care of that. Anyway, let me try to get through this. I, it's, a pretty, it's a very good story. Okay. So the, uh, the bureaucrat asks them where they're going. That's a group of Harley-Davidson people, where they're going. Got it. And he's got no business um, knowing that. He's Border Patrol. He has no business wanting to know where you're going. Again, my husband turned toward me slightly, and I knew what was going through his mind. Who the hell does this guy think he is asking us where we're going? Hmm. Cops do this, too, and have no right to know where you're going. Basically, my husband just turned around toward him and shrugged and gave no answer. Good. (laughs) The guy bristled a little, but I guess he wasn't too keen on confronting a bunch of bikers who were obviously freezing and very annoyed at being detained on their trip for nothing. He just waved us through. So I guess my point is, after all the trouble of pulling us over and asking us if we were Americans, to which we didn't answer, which was all the, um, which with all the covering on our faces, who would know? Yeah. He, he got no answer, no validation of who we were, or where we were going, and yet, how much of this was being, um, how much was he being paid to do his job? Again, we were well within the, the U.S. and entering the United States um, town called Marfa. So not even. Entering the U.S., entering a town. More on the way here, hopefully, if our battery backup continues for the last segment of the show in moments, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, maybe. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's 1-800-259-9231. We're down to the remaining moments of the show, and there's no better time for a blackout than the final segment of the program. Uh, Minutes ago... The entire block, apparently, uh, the power is just out here in uh, lovely Keene, New Hampshire. This stuff actually doesn't happen too often. Uh, and we do have uninter- uninterruptible power supplies, but they aren't going to go forever. So odds are good we're going to cut out right in the middle of this final segment. We'll still try to take your calls. Uh, all of our Internet and stuff is, is on the battery backup, so we're okay right. here. But- I'm glad we're going through the segment because, you know, why, why did we buy all the equipment and all that other stuff just to, just to sit back and, and, and put on an archive? I don't think so. So uh, let's go ahead. Well, I wish I had better equipment. But hey, we're still here for now. All right, so the story was bikers. They were uh, at a Border Patrol checkpoint, an internal checkpoint. And as usual, the government people started asking all kinds of intrusive questions about where are you going, where did you come from? What, what were some of the other questions? I, I wasn't well, here Well, they asked where, the, where you were going and if you're American citizens, basically. I see. And, uh, and they didn't answer either one, right? No. The bikers? No. I love bikers. They're just so, they're so libertarian. If you've ever done an Operation Politically Homeless outreach at a biker event, you'll get like 80% libertarian. People 
I mean, what I mean is 80% of the people there will score In libertarian. fact, libertarians, right. That's probably on the low side. It might even be more than that. I mean, they're just, they're just a freedom-loving group in general, and uh, they're a wonderful constituency for uh, libertarian outreach. So good for them. You don't have to a- answer their questions, as has been proven by Terry over at uh, Roadblock Revelations. Uh, CheckpointUSA.org is his website. You can actually see video footage of him going through these very same checkpoints and refusing to answer their questions. In fact, whenever they question him, he just questions them right back. It's just a brilliant technique uh, on, on his behalf that I highly recommend people try to emulate. It's not easy because these guys are very authoritarian in their yeah. demeanor. They're very assertive, and you would think that based on the fact that they got a gun on their hip that you have to answer their questions, but clearly they let them go, and they didn't, they didn't yeah, answer. They give you that impression. Um, where are you going? It's not, hey, mind if I ask where you fellas are headed right. off to today? None of that. Where are you going? As though they have uh, some right to know that information. It's sick. These people do not have a right to know that information from you. Right, who are they? Just somebody standing there in a uniform. That doesn't make them any more special than you. I have to agree. Why don't you, you, know, why don't you come back with where do you live? What's your address? Yeah. <laughs> What's your wife's name? What time do you get off, fella? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, you want to go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Let's, who the hell do you think you are? I think that's excellent. That's what, the, what this country needs more of, is people questioning these government bureaucrats' so-called authority and throwing it right back in their face. Don't consent to this. Don't let yourself be abused by these people. That's the one thing they don't want you to remember. They don't want you to remember or realize that they're just people too. Their S stinks just like yours does. Mine smells like roses. They're not any better than you because they got a job for some government bureaucracy. They might be packing heat. They might be dangerous. They might be frightening. But they're not a better human being than you. In fact, I would argue they're... Probably not as good of a human being because they're working for the state, working for the government. Yeah. No honor in that job. You know, I, I I don't think that many of them have been taught, uh, you know, been been sort of explained. You're right. I shouldn't I shouldn't say yeah. that. But some of them, some of them, they're definitely lower than you. Many of them, they're just working jobs, right? Many of them just want a paycheck. They're just yeah. trying to support a family. I mean, <laughs> you know, if I was offered the right government job, perhaps eh, you know, I'd coast on it for a little while. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Bob in Kentucky is on the line. Bob, we might cut out in the middle of your call here, but we wanted to get you on the air. What's on your mind? Midas Resources. Jim speaking. Can I help you? Hi. Hello? Yeah. Midas Resources. Jim speaking. Can I help you? Can I help you? Is this, this can't be Midas Resources. Midas Resources wouldn't be open at 10 o'clock at night. Good. And sisters. Resources. Jim speaking. Can I help you? Bizarre. Thanks for the call. I don't understand that one. Yeah, they've recorded something, and oh, I guess so. Yeah, they're playing it back for you. Oh well, I was under the impression tried. we were putting somebody who didn't know they were going on the air on the air, which is not good. Yeah, that's never a good idea. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't even I don't even have my clock in front of me. So, like, I turned off one of my t- I have two computer monitors here, and I turned off one of them the uh, the old kind of analog style monitor because that one takes up more power. So I got nine fifty, but uh, your your uh, little 
uh, gizmos much more accurate than mine. So uh, let's see, what else do we have to talk about? Here I got tonight? Uh, I got a, it, it, apparently in Richmond, Virginia, it's now going to be a sex offense to tongue kiss minors. <laughs> the state Jeez. state legislators have passed a law on Saturday that would require adults who French kiss children younger than thirteen. Don't tell me they caught the governor doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be him there. Yeah, that's Dov- Governor Timothy Kane right there. You can see him. He must have been French kissing some. 12-year-olds here. Anyway, those convicted of tongue-kissing a child would be guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by, by up to one year in jail. Jeez. That's as big as a misdemeanor gets. And a uh, $2,500 fine. The House of Delegates passed the legislation 96 to 1 because who'd want to vote against French-kissing 12-year-olds? The, the, the bill now heads up to uh, Governor Timothy M. Kane, who said he supports the legislation. Delegate Riley Ingram uh, introduced the bill on behalf of a woman whose 10-year-old daughter was French kissed by a 62-year-old, um, by the 62-year-old husband of her babysitter. Uh, the only crime prosecuted. <laughs> wait, wait. The 62-year-old husband of her babysitter. Right. So you know it could have been a 62-year-old babysitter. I suppose too. you're right. Yes. Yeah. The only crime prosecutors could charge the man with was contributing to the delinquency of a minor, which did not require the register as a sex offender. I'm sure it sucked all the so same. So kissing makes you a delinquent now? Is that the idea? Uh, well, kissing, no. Kissing well, this makes is you tacky as a hell. sex I'd offender like to... uh, is what it does. But I mean, from the minor... And it was at that point that we lost power and could not complete the show. Just wanted to let you know that later this week, Mark will be hosting the show, and he doesn't really have the technical ability to create archives. You may have to wait until Sunday to get Thursday, Friday, and Saturday's show this week. Though there is a possibility that some of the BBSers will be posting their own archives, so you might want to look there at bbs.freetalklive.com. I do accept our apologies for the delayed archives this weekend, and thank you for listening as always. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.